This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone keep a kid from winning one of those big bears or one of those big stuffed animals. That's how I feel when trying to pick Panthers 49ers. In other words, it isn't that hard, or at least it shouldn't be. I believe this is Matt Rule's last shot in Charlotte, but it's not going to matter. The 49ers are going to deliver Matt a knockout punch because this looks like a blatant mismatch to me, at least on paper. Let's start with the obvious. The Panthers aren't going to be able to score enough points. Wow, great analysis, sports guy. They're not going to be able to score enough points in the game. Great stuff. Here's what I mean. Carolina has the worst offense in the NFL on paper, 32nd in the league. San Francisco has the number one ranked defense. That's pretty tough. When you look at a short week for San Francisco, I might be concerned about a West Coast team traveling east to play after Monday night football six days later if the game wasn't at 4 o'clock. That's a break for the team whose body clock would be set for 10 a.m. if they were playing in Charlotte at 1 p.m. That's a break for San Francisco. Also, you might expect that San Fran might be more banged up having less time to get ready for a game. Not the case. Carolina going to be without LaVisca Chenault, we learned today. Carolina going to be without Jeremy Chin due to a severe hamstring injury for at least the next four weeks. Marquise Haynes, one of their key pass rushers, questionable for Carolina. Frankie Louvu, questionable. So even as Matt Rule says, he hopes both those guys will play. Doesn't mean they're going to be 100%. If Carolina scores more than 10 points in this game, that's a win for their standards, just not in the way that counts. If anybody can expect a good performance against Carolina's defense, which, to Carolina's credit, has been stingy in the early part of the year, it's Kyle Shanahan. This is the guy who exploits teams. The Panthers do not do well against power-running teams. Take Cleveland in the opener. Kareem Hunt. And Nick Chubb got whatever they wanted. San Francisco, with all the motion offense that they do, and Debo Samuel and how they push people around, that's going to be a problem. Where you miss Jeremy Chin and potentially Marquise Haynes. San Francisco has a really good O-line. You're going to have to dial up more pressure, more blitz packages, in order to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think you're going to be able to do that without some of those key players. And Jeremy Chen's a guy you rely on facing tight ends. Zach Ertz, without Chen in the game, had a touchdown and six catches. I'll tell you who's better than Zach Ertz. George Kittle from San Francisco. If you have George Kittle on your fantasy team, this might be the week to start him. Then there's this. You would think Carolina and San Francisco play more often than they have. They're both in the NFC after all. The last time these two teams met 
was the game really all fell apart for Ron Rivera in 2019. Carolina, you might remember, got off to an 0-2 start. Cam was dealing with the plantar fascia that kept him out for the year. And Kyle Allen stepped in and won four games in a row. Carolina was 4-2. and two. People were wondering, oh, can Kyle Allen take Carolina to the playoffs? Spoiler alert, no. They went into San Francisco. And what did Kyle Shanahan do to the Panthers at 4-2? and two? Dropped the 50-burger on them, 51. Now, I don't think he's going to do that on Sunday, but this is a coach that's among the elite in the sport, and Matt Rule, if he loses this game, probably loses his job along with it. I don't think that's outlandish to say. I think this could be the final straw for Matt Rule. It becomes a matter of when he loses his job rather than if he does. Just look at what we've seen so far. If they lose this game, Carolina will be 1-4 on the season with four of their first five games at home. The next four games is their most difficult stretch of the season, you could argue. They go to the defending champion L.A. Rams. They return home. That's good, right? Who are you playing? Tampa. Tom Brady. Good luck. Then you go to Atlanta, who's won two in a row on the road. And then you go to the defending champion AFC, cha uh, the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. That's their next four games after this one, and you're already 1-4 if you lose it. So I think Carolina is going to drop this game. It's bad timing, a bad matchup. San Francisco, a really good team, and Carolina's just banged up. I got San Francisco 24, Carolina 10. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, we're here at the Carolina Classic Fair. Excited to be here. Would love to see you before we get out of here at 6 o'clock. But shifting things to basketball, it better be a pretty darn big story for us to talk about basketball here in the month of October. And I would say that this qualifies. This week in Las Vegas, we were introduced to the future of basketball. And his name is Victor Webinyama. Learn the name now. Because Victor has now entered the mainstream. He is seven foot four. He can shoot threes. He can handle the ball. He's like one of those creative players on NBA 2K, except you don't have enough points or coins to make him as good as Victor Webanyama is if you're a 12-year-old kid making a creative player. He's so good at 18 years old, LeBron James has already given him a nickname. This was LeBron a couple of days ago. Uh, what do I think of him? I think probably the same as everybody else thinks. Um, you know, everybody, you know, we're labeling like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like like an alien. Um, I've never seen, no one has ever seen anyone um, as tall as he is, but as fluid and as graceful he is out on the floor. That's going to stick. When LeBron calls you an alien, that's going to stick. So where do we stand? Do we like alien or the alien? Like dropping the the as if we're Justin Timberlake and the social network talking about Facebook. I like just alien. I like it. Yeah, like the movie in the 80s. That's pretty good. I got a feeling you haven't seen social network or alien. That'd be a good bet. Okay, writing that down. Got to figure out what movie you're going to watch next week. Send us submissions at WSGS Radio. WD watched Scarface for the first time earlier this week. Good stuff there. Alien, Victor Webinyama, seven foot four. He's so good 
the talk in the NBA, which, by the way, is in Greensboro tonight. As soon as we get off the air here, I'll be going to the Coliseum to watch the Hornets play the Celtics in preseason. The talk's been, let's tank to get this kid. And Woj, earlier today, was already saying that it might be tanking unlike we've ever seen before. Victor Wembanyama is the singular greatest prospect in NBA draft history. Mm. He's that at 18 years old. He was also that at 17 and at 16. He's not coming out of nowhere. And the impact he's going to have on the NBA this season is dramatic. As one GM told me the other day, we are going to see a race to the bottom like we've never seen before in the NBA. Man, and I hope the Charlotte Hornets are in that mix. See, once Miles Bridges did what he did, allegedly, this summer, and he's not with the team right now, I think Charlotte's season was shot. You didn't get the coach that you wanted. He backed out at the last second. You, you're not going to have your leading scorer from last year back. I'd go full embrace the suck. I would go tank and hope that you get Victor Webinyama or pretty clearly the number two guy in the draft, another guy we saw in Vegas that flashed, was a kid named Scoot Henderson. Here's the part that really frustrates me, though, and this take won't surprise anybody. I am really disappointed neither of these players are playing in college basketball. Victor's playing in France, a little bit more understandable. That's where he's from. And, but Scoot Henderson's playing in the G League circuit, G League Ignite or whatever we call it. I wish they both were playing college basketball, not because it best benefits the schools, which is the way that everybody always frames it. Why would you go play for these schools that exploit you? Yada, yada, yada. No, no, no. I think it would benefit all parties involved. And I think about the Zion season. Zion Williamson was on ESPN his season at Duke more than LeBron was. He became a household name. IG and Twitter, that's great if you're popular on the Internet. It's not the same as being on television for the entire nation to get to know who you are. And guess what? Here's where it affects your pockets. The shoe deals aren't the same for the Internet stars as they would be the ones that are as big as Zion Williamson playing at Duke. It's also great for the NBA to have those brands coming into their league rather than everybody having to watch some obscure feed from France or the G League just to watch Victor or Scoot play. I'm sorry, Alien. Hey, Triad, this is Rich Eisen. Catch me this evening at 6 for The Rich Eisen Show. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. thoughts on NC State, Florida State that we'll get to shortly. We're at the Carolina Classic Fair. Still got a couple more hours if you want to get signed up, as many people are doing now, for Wake Forest Army tickets, a game that's sold out for tomorrow night, 7.30 kickoff time. NC State, Florida State kicking off around the same time. WD will be going to Raleigh. You've been watching a lot of NC State this year, haven't you, WD? Oh, I have. I really have. How many state games have you been to now, Will? I saw State Texas Tech, State Clemson, um, and then this coming one. I'm trying to think if there was one more. I don't. I don't think so. Huh. Well, I'm trying to think how many. I still haven't had a chance to see uh, NC State at all. 
been I watched, need to been watching a lot of Devin Leary lately. No, I will before the season's out. Wake Forest playing NC State or Carolina playing NC State. One of those deals. Let's get to at the movies, though. With the WD, you watched Scarface last night for the first time. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. And as I mentioned, Will's going to be at NC State. I'm going to be at Wake Forest Army tomorrow night. WD... Scarface. What did you like about it? Oof. Um, I think my favorite part was the part where Gina shot Tony when she really she, she came into his office. Oh, come on, I mean that. Yeah, that's your favorite part. Yeah. Of Scarface. I mean, when sure. When Gina shoots Tony. When Gina comes in there and shoots Tony. I guess if you include the entire scene where then Tony gets the big guns out. Correct. And starts when it's the end of the deal, end of the line for Tony. I guess that works. But just the way that you frame that. I mean, listen, Gina put on the show. Hey, I love it when Gina comes in and starts telling Tony some of the things that Tony should do with her. That's not... That's not really rewatchable for me. Yeah, G- Gina. She, she Gina's put a good role show in there. that scene is not very rewatchable, in my opinion. By the way, I've never seen so much cocaine in my life, and in the, even Wolf of Wall Street, I think. I mean, that pile that was on his desk. Gutter glitter. Gutter glitter. The uh, sugar. The preacher's wife. <laughs> a lot of um. <clears throat> yes, a lot of. The Devil's Dandruff in this movie. And (laughs) I got a feeling it wasn't just in the movie that some of of that stuff was used. I got a feeling that the directors, the writers, the talent, everybody, everybody was on the, on the, the smack, the Colombian bam bam, all of that. Just my general feeling. So that's what you like the most. For me, it's just Al Pacino. I don't think there's another actor that could do that. No, if I don't. If you go back either. to the 80s, I don't know if there's another actor you could say, hey, drug kingpin, and not much else without any plot in the movie, make it work. And they make it work the way that Al Pacino did. I don't think there's anybody else that can accomplish that. It's a one on one, one of one type of performance. What did you not like? Your first ever viewing of the movie Scarface. I tell you what, man, that chainsaw scene had me on edge. <laughs> that thing had me on. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> that they 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 made a mess. Uh, they made by a the mess. way, there there are folks that are that are sitting here wondering what your response to these questions Uh-oh. are. Uh, his response to that was the chainsaw scene he didn't like very much. Well, it had me had on edge. Had him on edge. Uh, I would just say everything involving Al Pacino's or Tony Montana's sister, mm. I didn't need in this movie. I just didn't need it. 
I don't think you need it. If this movie's made in 2022, I don't think you have any of that in there. I actually think if it's made in 2022, they're going to cast a female as Tony Montana. I don't know what that movie's like, but it's going to be like, Ant you know, Antonia Montana. That's... That's probably what it is in 2022. I'm actually talking myself into it. Scarface remake with a with Tiffany Haddish playing. I don't know. But by, by we'll the way, the workshop, but we'll have to workshop this a little bit. But by, by the way, what's this, Penelope Cruz up to? <laughs> the, the, also, this was kind of like a, a blend of also a favorite part, but also a not favorite part because you hated to see it. Is Tony Montana's death scene? Like that was just. Wait a minute. You just said that your favorite part of the movie was Gina walking in and shooting Tony Montana and him pulling out the big guns. All that I, comes together. Yes, but there's two different things. The death scene specifically. It's the same scene. Yeah, but he Gina. He dies in the same scene of the movie. You can't say both those things. I was specifically talking about Gina's performance, Josh. Oh, the acting? Yeah, there you go. Okay. But See, Tony Montana, a little bit more respectable. Thank you. But uh, Tony Montana's death scene, like he ate all those bullets and was still going. Yeah, that was a very '80s thing where someone will get shot 60 times and just and nothing. they don't fall over, like the end of Platoon. <laughs> Have you ever seen Platoon? Of course not. Yeah. Do you know what Platoon is? Of course not. I'm gonna make you watch a bad movie one of these times. I mean, I'm I just one that's want purposely to. bad. I'm not saying this is a bad movie, but no. make you watch another movie that Oliver Stone did. Oliver Stone did Platoon. I'm going to make you watch JFK and sit there for three hours. I feel like I would like JFK. I like historical movies. All right. What's the best quote from Scarface? I'm taking Say Hello to My Little Friend off of the board. Yeah. Yeah, that's and this is a pretty difficult category to do in radio because... Uh, I know. Uh-huh. There's know. There I are many lines <laughs> that I don't think the FCC will allow us to say. <laughs> I've got, this moment. I've got several written down. I'm trying to pick one. Uh, one involving, like, fitting your head in specific places. <laughs> Stick your head up your ass. Let's see if it fits. Yeah, that's probably a good one. My favorite's probably just off the top of my head. You need people like me so you can point your bleeping finger and say, That's the bad guy! Don't call me no bleeping dishwasher. Don't call me no bleeping dishwasher. And just the way they say My bleep terrible. you over and over and over. <laughs> I bet you this movie had the record for uh, F-bombs in a movie for had decades. To. Had to. Until Wolf of Wall Street broke that record. I think <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street actually owns the record for most F-bombs in a movie. How about that? I think that's true. I. You want to take a guess? Oh. Okay, so Wolf of Wall Street. Let me get the length of this movie. Wolf of Wall Street easily is over two and a half hours. It is a three-hour movie right on the dot. How many minutes is three hours, WD? I'm going to test your ability to do math on the fly. It's 180, isn't it? 180. Okay, it's so there's 180 min minutes in this movie, Wolf of Wall Street. How many uh -huh. F-bombs in 180 minutes? I'm going to say... This is the record, by the way. This is the most for any movie ever. Is it 52? 52? Yeah. Out of 180 minutes? Sure. Try uh, 506. Jeez. 
That's right. That is 3.81 swear words per minute or F-bombs per minute in Wolf of Wall Street. There you go. And that's, oh, Rotten Tomato score. What do you think the audience gave Scarface? Oh, let me try an 87. 93%. Go! I was going to go 91. Audience loves action. (laughs) Audience loves action. And that's been At the Movies with the WD. All right. Getting to NC State, Florida State. You're going to be at this game tomorrow, Will. Yep. I don't know how much feel you have for it. I like the Wolf Pack. It's one of the few college picks that I was in love with this weekend. NC State's experience and maturity, I think, are going to shine against the Seminoles. And this is what I mean by that. Putting the Clemson game to bed. They emptied the bucket last weekend. It's disappointing. It probably cost them the Atlantic Division losing that game. In fact, I believe that's the case. If it was a younger team dealing with this, I'd probably take Florida State nine times out of ten. But given they have 18 returning starters, just like Wake Forest has a lot of guys back, and Wake Forest was able to put Clemson to bed and beat Florida State last week, and App State scored 61 against uh, North Carolina, it looked like that they had emptied the bucket, but a week later, with that experienced group, able to go to College Station and beat A&M in an upset. I think NC State is going to be ready to play. They are more talented. They are healthier than FSU is. Jordan Travis hasn't looked the same since that leg injury he had against Louisville a few weeks back. They haven't had a healthy front seven either. I think State wins this game. I think they win it by double digits. I think it's a big deal that this game's at home and also in prime time at Carter-Finley Stadium. State doesn't lose a lot of its games at home at night, and this isn't one of those games they lose. NC State, 27, FSU, 17. That's what I'm looking at tomorrow night in the capital city. It's The Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. Draymond Green is the big news of the day. We'll keep it simple in just a second. We're here at the Carolina Classic Fair. And this is something people need to stop doing when they talk about sports. Stop comparing your jobs to their jobs. It's not the same. I've heard this line so many times today, it makes me want to rip my hair out. If I punched a co-worker, I'd get fired. Yes, you would. But you also don't get paid what Draymond Green gets paid, and you also do not work in sports. If you're not in sports, it's hard to understand. Or if you've never played sports, it's hard to understand why the Draymond story is not a big deal, in my opinion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a report yesterday that he got into an altercation with Jordan Poole. Video leaked earlier today. TMZ Sports acquired some video where Jordan Poole said something to Draymond, then Draymond went chest-to-chest with him. Jordan Poole pushes Draymond, and Draymond swings at Jordan Poole. If you want to know how big of a deal this is, look at the guy who was closest to both of them in that video. A strength coach who's clearly in his 70s, going all lethal weapon, I'm too old for this bleep, doesn't even care, doesn't even acknowledge what's happening. And the reason why 
is because this stuff isn't that big of a deal. There's a lot of testosterone, or there's competitiveness. These are the most competitive people on earth. And if you think it's a big deal that Draymond Green's pushing people around or punching people, did you think it was a big deal when Steve Smith did it to Ken Lucas 10 years ago? Did you think it was a big deal when it was Steve Smith, or excuse me, uh, Cam Newton doing so at camp five, six years back? No, it isn't. So don't compare your job to what these guys do. It's like when you say, when athletes in negotiations, oh man, I would take that many million dollars. This guy turned down this offer. What are you doing? This is going to sound harsh, but it's true. And this applies to me as well. These people, the athletes, they are special. They do something special in a way that most of us would hope we can do something very swell, special. By the grace of God, they're able to do that. We are not able to do those things. We are not as special as they are. So when Lamar Jackson turns down his contract, when Aaron Judge turns down $317 million, and by the way, bets on himself in such a way he's probably going to get 100 more million than that, just understand, again, we're not talking about the same things. Your accounting job is not the same as Draymond Green playing power forward for the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. It just isn't. And this is who Draymond is. It's a big reason why they've won four titles. He keeps other guys in the building accountable, and sometimes it goes a bit too far. I thought we were just celebrating this a couple years ago when the Last Dance docuseries dropped, and Michael Jordan is giving all his teammates crap and borderline getting physical with them. It's not that big of a deal. And Bob Myers, the GM, handled this really well earlier today when he was asked about it. Actually, wasn't even asked about it. He sat down at a podium, and I think he put it all to bed in a way that should allow for us to move on and talk about more important things like football this weekend. Look, it's the NBA. It's professional sports. These things happen. Nobody likes it. Um, we don't condone it, but it happened. Uh, Draymond apologized to the team this morning. Jordan was there in the room. We were, I was there in the room, the team, the coaches, the players. And um, we heard that. Um, as far as any suspension, punishment, fine, we're going to handle that internally. And uh, I understand you might have questions on that, but that's going to be an internal process. There it is. This is over. We're going to address it internally. You're not entitled to know how we're going to deal with our personnel. That's the end of it. We're going to handle it internally. It's factual what happened. Not that big of a deal. Let's move on with this. And I bet you, I'd be willing to bet, WD, you let me know if you agree with this. I bet you Bob Myers is more upset with the video staffer who leaked this to TMZ than he is with Draymond Green. I think that's a great way to put it because I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, because Draymond, he's been consistent. It reminds me of the Cat Williams stand-up bit where he's talking about the lion killing somebody who went to the zoo, somebody who paid to go to the zoo, somebody who went into the enclosure, and he's joking about, wait, we're going to get mad at the tiger? The tiger's the only real mother bleeper in the equation was the joke that Cat Williams had. He's a tiger. What did you expect the tiger to do? Right? That's a tiger. We're going to get mad at the tiger? It's like, we're going to get mad at Draymond Green? That's what Draymond Green does. Oh, but you can't enable him to punch people. Sure, you can't do that. 
punish them internally. Do that. That's fine, but these things happen. When you have Draymond, he is combustible. Things like this will happen from time to time, and you just sign up for that, and clearly Golden State is fine with that exchange. It is the end of the week. So to recap the week in the most efficient way possible, we keep it simple right now. Five words or less. It's simple, man. That's all Josh gets to tell you where your favorite teams are at. It's as marvelous and as simple as that. Let's keep it simple. Five words or less. That's all I get to recap things that happen in the week because I'm bound to, you know, gas bag and be long-winded at points. But before we do that, we're here at the Carolina Fast Classic Fair. Let's get a dance break in there. Yes, sir. Bring me my money. It's live. Don't panic. It's 1310. Don't panic. Don't start doing crazy stuff. <laughs> as soon as the season's over, go elope. What's up, Kofi? You scared of the ball? Curtis Wait Bell. a minute. Oh, North Carolina. Why was that Connor O'Neill making an appearance? I was expecting the other Connor O'Neill. Oh. Not that Connor O'Neill. You never know totally, who's going to be there. I totally forgot about that Mike Leach clip. It's fantastic. Okay. You said that this was your favorite segment that we do each week. Let's see if it delivers on that. What is the first thing you got for me and keep it simple? All right. We're going to start with Clemson handling NC State and Death Valley. Clemp. C-L-M-P. Clemp. I, the way I describe that is a blow, a low blow down low. <laughs> That's how I describe it for NC State and also for Will Dalton, who was on the sidelines for that game and hit by a football in a very uncomfortable area. And he videotaped himself getting hit that way, which I really appreciated you doing. WD. I know. He took one for the team in more ways than one. All right. We'll move on. Wake Forest going down to FSU and handling. Dave Clawson's most impressive win. Obviously for this year that's the case, but I think it goes even beyond that when you consider they had never come that close to beating Clemson. And when they fell short I thought for sure they were going to go on the road and lose to FSU, who's more improved than they've been in past years. But the way that they bounced back, even after allowing a touchdown in the first two minutes of the game, and they were in control, that is about as impressive as it gets for Wake Forest. They have a truly special coach. You can go back to some numbers and say, well, they had a better coach in the 40s with P. Head Walker and Jim Grobe won the ACC in 2006. I think what we're watching right now, Wake Forest fans, enjoy it because I think Dave Clawson's the greatest coach that Wake Forest has ever had in any sport. That's – I don't say that lightly, but I think that's what we're looking at, and it's because of what he was able to do with these boys last week at FSU. The Carolina Panthers' ugly loss to the Arizona Cardinals on Sam Mills Day. <laughs> it is really the other end of the spectrum. Matt Rule's – worst career loss it sounds like we're going to absolutes here with dave clausen the latest thing's the most impressive thing matt rule the latest thing is the least impressive thing but i don't really mean for it to sound that way i thought last year the loss in new york 
was a debacle. Maybe the worst loss that Rule had two years ago. Blowing the lead against Minnesota, that one tends to stand out for me. But both those games were on the road. So for Matt at home against a dysfunctional mess of a franchise in Arizona to lose that game the way that they did with the defense giving them as much of a shot as they did, I think that's the worst loss of the Matt Rule era, and it comes at a horrific time for him and really sets the stage for Sunday when it comes to how important it is. I'll give you a pick for that game a little later on. Aaron Judge breaking Roger Maris' record and hitting 62 home runs. It's about time for Judge. He didn't hit a home run. He had one home run in a two-week span, two-week and one-day span, before he finally went yard. And that just speaks to the amount of pressure that he was under. Just like if you watch how Roger Maris slowed down at the end, right as he was approaching Babe Ruth, that's human nature. Part of me believes, WD, and you're a Yankee fan, maybe you feel the same way. Now that he has that behind him, he's going to go off when the Yankees start playing in the postseason. It's going to be a more prolific rate of bombs from Aaron Judge now that he's finally achieved this and he's able to put it behind him. The Panthers. You don't feel that way? Oh, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, and he talked about it after the game, like what a weight that that was on his shoulder. And he, he said he kind of felt bad for his teammates, like just having all that pressure, all that spotlight on them. I mean, you're naturally going to have it as being a Yankee, but it was amplified and breaking into college football and other things. Like, yeah, he that was some pressure on him, I think. We got one more? Got two more. Okay, let's fire them off. Carolina Panthers injury reports this week. Uh, it doesn't make you hopeful. It doesn't. LaVisca Chanel out. Jeremy Chin out. Jeremy Chin going to miss at least the next four games. Marquise Haynes is banged up, but probably going to play. Luvu the same way. It's not a good sign. You thought that maybe San Francisco would be a bit more banged up since they're coming on the short week after playing on Monday night. Not the case. Carolina more banged up than San Brano. And last one, Broncos Colts. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Hackett, dead man walking. You ever seen Green Mile? I have. Love that movie. What an upset. What an upset <laughs> that is. I think Nathaniel Hackett... He's not long for this league as a head coach of the NFL. But that's been Keep It Simple. Let's get a dance break to close things out. Look at this photograph. Tell him to bring me my money. Curtis Yeah. Throw them bows up. Oh, uh, North Carolina. You know, I eat octopus three times a day. Han Solo. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Broncos country. Let's ride. That's he true. did that at well the end played. of his press conference yesterday. He did the Broncos country, let's ride. Probably not the best timing for that. Not at all. Dot doesn't like my opinions on Draymond. Oh, did he, did he text you? He said the Steve Smith – no, he's tweeting this. The Steve Smith example was not close to what we saw on video from Draymond. Cheap shot Dre is what Dot called him. Wait a minute. He's calling it assault. 
from a bully. Really? Well, then, Jordan Poole pushing him, that's not assault? If we're going to use the same definition? What's your definition of a cheap shot, too? When I think cheap shots, I think you're not looking at the person. Like, you, you punch somebody who's not looking at you. That's what I think of. Certainly not somebody that just pushed you seconds before. I'm not, again, in love with what Draymond did. I'm not saying he shouldn't be punished, but I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Check this out. We're on it, five. The perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at 6 with The Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's get this show rolling. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. This is going to be the first ever live edition of Rhinestone Cowboy. Now, or what I mean by that is we do usually do it live, but I mean there are people who are around who are listening to another band jam out from about 100 yards away at the Carolina Classic Fair. Thanks to Robert Mulhern and the kind folks at the fairgrounds for helping us get set up and all that here. Dwayne and Keith for, you know, putting up with me the last few hours. Appreciate that. Will back in our studio in Kernersville. It's time to sing some Rhinestone Cowboy and close the week out. All right. Like a Rhinestone Cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a Rhinestone with anybody let's take it to the house past the 15 past the 10 past the 5 for the drive we'll take it to the house one two three how'd i do fellas hey thank you thank you well done thank you yeah i, I feel a shame okay what do we got so this tourist from our neck of the woods here in the u.s he took a trip to rome and it was interesting so he wanted to see the sights and try some of the foods. He also wanted to uh, chat with Pope Francis. That's that's the interesting oh, wrinkle to this story. He he wanted an audience that with Pope Francis. That does sound like something we would do in the U.S. It, it absolutely like hey, I got, I got a bone to pick with you. What, what time? I want to talk to the Pope. I, exactly. I came all that. the way over here. Exactly that. It's like going to be like a Greensboro, like someone in the triad go into the <laughs> game tonight. I want to talk to Lamelo. Exactly that. So I anyway, came all this way. Naturally. He was denied his appointment. <laughs> so, uh, in retaliation, he got angry. He flees the scene, and he goes over to some type of Italian architectural art museum or something like that and begins to destroy an ancient bust. And he throws it on the floor. It crashes to the ground. And then he knocks down some other statue. And it's finally stopped by Italian police. He's been handed over to the authorities. No one knows exactly what the tour has wanted to talk to the Pope about. Like it matters. Um, But, yeah. he's, He's now with the Italian authorities getting this matter worked out. 
Yeah. How about that? Um, sometimes people need to learn no means no. Indeed. Um, whether you want to talk to the Pope or many other contexts, uh, you don't always get what you want, and sometimes the person you want to talk to doesn't want to talk to you or you're not able to get in touch with that person and you need to go about your business. Pretty simple. Pretty simple advice. Best of pod today. Search the drive with Josh Graham, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Had a ton of fun the last few days. Hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. I got to get off to the Greensboro Coliseum because that's where the Hornets are playing the Celtics tonight. Make sure you're tuned into our high school football game of the week with Northern Guilford playing at Northwest Guilford. And we'll be back to recap a busy, busy sports weekend, and we hope you're with us on a Monday drive.